0: To the Andrea Kay Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is,
1: Andrea Kay.
2: Because I'm TNT. I'm dynamite.
1: TNT. And I win that fight.
3: TNT.
4: I'm a power load. TNT. <laughs> TNT. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K. Show. I am in such a good mood on this Tuesday. I'm not even exactly sure why I'm in such a good mood because I am so sore. I overdid it in the gym this weekend. I can barely walk. I can. I, it's it's it hurts me and pains me so much. I cannot even tell you to to laugh because my stomach is so sore. But I am just in a great mood, and I guess it's just because it's always an honor to get to share this evening and this time with you all out there, the best people in the world that I've come to know. Thank you so much for following me on Twitter at Andrea K show, friending me uh, on Facebook and liking my page there, going to my website and contacting me there. I just love it all. Love you all so much for all of that. Thank you, Polly for doing my show for me today.
5: Always a pleasure.
4: Thank you. we got a great show uh, for you today too. We're going to try to cover everything. I've got some boots on the ground, get a report in and tell you what it's like to be there. At the Republican Convention in Cleveland, we got some major hot topics. Last night was about making America safe again. So we're going to talk about two of the biggest safety issues that we have going on right now. It's the twin movements that I talked about last week. The the Black Lives Matter leftist progressive movement uh, meant to transform us and take us over from within through divisions, as well as the radical Islamist movement. And so we've got Dr. Zudi Jasser is gonna be here on the show to talk about the recent attacks. It's gotten to where it's almost one every day. Same thing with the recent attacks on the police, the war on cops. And we've got Bill Stanton, who's been on both, Dr. Jasser and Bill have been on the show before, so they're friends with the Andrew Kaysha, glad to have them. Uh, Christine Portnoff is at the GOP convention. She's gonna report in later on that. And I gotta squeeze a little time in for my girl, Della B. Uh, So last night at the convention, the kickoff to the Republican convention. A couple of things for me, I'm not boots on the ground, but my perception was, first of all, a lot less violent than I expected it to be. And I'm not even just talking about out on the streets. I'm talking about the floor of the convention. I think we all really expected a much greater contentiousness, a much greater issue within the party at the convention than actually we saw. I'm not an expert on the rules and everything that, you know, is involved in that. Um, But Donald Trump is and will be the nominee for the Republican Party going forward into the general election. I thought it was a great night. Um, my only, I would say my only two pieces of um, feedback that I would give would be that um, I actually thought, I thought the lineup of speakers were phenomenal. Uh, the, the weak link for that in it for me was Joni Ernst. I kind of thought she was, she was kind of just, I don't know if it's just because by comparison of speakers like Marcus Luttrell and Rudy Giuliani and other people, that that's why it fell flat. The genuineness with the non-politicians was so striking than when you would hear an elected official speak, with the exception of Rudy Giuliani, and I'll talk about him in a minute. Tonight is all about make America work again. Oh, before I talk about tonight, my other piece of feedback is I hated the music. Who was the music person at at this GOP convention? Y'all know I like a smooth groove. I think Donald Trump should come out tonight, at least one night, uh, doing, uh, you know, come out to G-Thing from Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, you know, bring a little flavor, a little soul. I don't know if that was Creedence Clearwater Revival or who that was. Anyway, so make America work again tonight. That's the theme of tonight. Last night was make America safe again. The highlight, the quote for me, and not, I'm one of many who saw this was when Rudy Giuliani came out and, and said so passionately, what happened to there's no black America or white America, there's only the United States of America. Actually, he left out the word United. Barack Obama said in 2008, what, he said there's no black America or white America, only the United States of America. He ran as the great uniter. What happened to that? Nothing happened. There's no mystery where that went. Those words were tequila. Those words were a lie. Everything about President Obama and the left, his campaign, everything about what they're about, it's all lies. The entire game plan was division. If they say one thing, you can expect the opposite to come from them. Division is the strategy. The tactics are, whether it's, whether we're, like we talked about the twin movement last week, whether it's, um, the tactics is always about division. It's about dividing us up into identity groups, whether it's by race or by gender or by, quote, religion with Islam. It's about dividing us up. It's about telling each one of those groups by the left, that they are victims and they are victims of Republicans and victims of conservatives. Some of the tactics involved with all of it. It's all about shutting us up. It's about silencing us. It's about an attempt to take away our first amendment rights and attempt to take away our second amendment rights. And look, but the, and the GOP though, unfortunately has gone along with this division. You know, I mean, I'm I'm still seeing I had to stop following the weekly standard. I used to have Fred Barnes on the Andrea K show on a regular basis. The division that the Weekly Standard is attempting to foster is mind-numbingly insane to me. They are literally acting on Hillary's behalf. And if you—the standard bearers for conservatism they were supposed to be, if you are not wholeheartedly in for Donald Trump right now as a Republican, then I—you— I, I'm at a loss for words because I'm really trying. I was in such a great mood. I really don't want to be attacking. I don't want to attack people within my own party because that's divisive. But let, So let me say it this way. I cannot understand how any Republican right now could be doing anything but uniting behind Donald Trump. Because today, including the Republican Party, many Republicans, including the Weekly Standard, are attacking Melania Trump. Because passages of her speech were similar to passages of Michelle Obama's and every other potential first lady speech, whoever spoke. And and, and if you point out, even to Republicans, other acts of plagiarism, whether it's been Obama or by W or by any other Republican, you're shouted down. Our own party is using the same tactics to divide us and to conquer us as the left is. You want to talk about plagiarism, the real plagiarism that's been going on with the left for a long time now. And this is something Guy Benson tweeted this out today. But you know what, Guy? I was ahead of you, Mr. Guy Benson. You were, you've were you been a part of the problem with the division of the Republican Party in this country when you and the NRO came out with your hit piece on Donald Trump. But Guy Benson, I'll give him a hat tip. He talked about somebody plagiarizing Karl Marx. I have been saying for years on this show, words do matter. Obama... He pinched, of all Patrick's speech, words, just words, he said. Well, let me tell you the words that are most meaningful that every Republican needs to be paying attention to right now. And I've been talking about it for years. It's the page, it's the words off page 94 in my communist manifesto that have been lifted by the left for decades now. I don't have time to go through each and every one, but it literally, I've been saying for years, it literally reads like straight off of Obama's teleprompter. From a heavy progressive and graduated tax, abolition of all right of inheritance, which is the estate tax, a centralized credit in the in the hands of the state, a centralization of means of communication and transport in the hands of the state. Have they not taken over the Internet and attempted to take over the Internet? Uh, Equality, equal liability of all to labor, extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state combining agriculture and manufacturing industries all the, uh, every bit of this has been in play for a long time why does this matter why do these are they just words on a page this is the playbook of the left this is the communist manifesto and it may sound so innocuous abolition of all right of inheritance or centralization of the credit in the hands it may not sound As scary as it really is. But these are the words that should matter because these are the words that are are used by the left. And we have 30,000 Americans been coming out to rallies for this. For communism. For Marxism in this country. And the Republican Party today is fighting over Melania's speech? Are you kidding me? It's insane to me. We have... We are going to be here. One of the things that I've been saying, asking, in addition to talking about what the left's agenda is, is how is the Republican Party? Mitt Romney failed in 2012 in a variety of different ways. One of the reasons he failed was when he was heard on the mic, speaking the truth, about 47% that can't be reached. We are now almost at 50% of American households on the dole not government assistance, because there's no such thing as government money. Fellow taxpayers are supporting them. And when we get to 40, 51%, it's done. We are going to be hearing from the Democrats next week, talk about income inequality. Li- li- need, every American needing living wages. Greedy corporations. Wall Street versus Main Street. We're going to be hearing all the buzzwords that they have carefully used against us. And the Republican Party has not done any good job... Of countering that and when we get to 51% will we have 51% takers versus 49% makers we're done Donald Trump rose to the top in part because of immigration and radical Islam and the open borders issues that we have but also because of economics because people don't trust these government officials anymore to take care of us economically because both parties have been in bed with getting us to where we are but I have not even heard from Donald Trump. And this is what I'm hoping to hear more as we go forward from th- throughout the convention through the general election is we better start getting persuasive and educating Americans as to the economy and how it actually works. And and selling conservatism and conservative free market capitalist principles. Or what's happening in the communist manifesto in those speeches is going to end up happening right here at home. Don't change that dial, people. Come right back here. I got more of the Andrew K-Show on the other side of the break.
1: H-A. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, Kay, spelled K A Y E.
4: Want to start living better, longer? Lavita Compounding Pharmacy can help.
5: Convenient
1: homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero, Mexican food.
6: We get it too.
1: You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
4: Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. There it is. See, that's a song that I think One, Donald Trump. Two should come out to at the convention. It's like this and like that and like this and uh, Go, go G-Thing, Trump.
3: You know who's, who's
4: kind of gangsta because he's so awesome when it comes to safety and security? It's Bill Stanton. You've seen him all over media. He's former NYPD. He's written a great book called The Anti-Terror Handbook, and he's on the Andrew K. Show tonight. His website is BillStantonSafety.com. Uh, so he's back, unfortunately. I'm, I'm in a great mood, even though I'm troubled uh, by the events of the day. Bill Stanton, welcome back to the Andre K. Show.
3: Thank you, thank you. Let's try and keep you in that good mood with well, a positive attitude that will make change.
4: Well, thank you so much, because you know what? I was super positive about uh, coming up with, or I don't even know how to put it. I don't know that there's a clear-cut, easy solution for the war on the police that we have right now. But at least when I hear heroes like like Sheriff Clark Come to the microphone last night and speak so beautifully and brilliantly about Blue Lives Matter. I mean, who could not have listened to him speak and just feel optimistic and feel as though that we do have a way to at least go forward and start making progress? And then, unfortunately, Bill, I read that an officer was ho- hospitalized um, because allegedly the Lincoln Cafe in Columbus put some glass in a sandwich today. So, you know, we got a ways to go with the situation, do we not?
3: uh, Well, we have miles and miles to go, but every great journey begins with a first step. And I think two things. I think the way, the path to correcting this, self-correcting this, one is with a mirror, figuratively speaking, and the second is education. I think we all need both left, right, and everything in between. We need to hold a mirror to ourselves before we start pointing at the other guy and ask ourselves our true motivation. You know, where is that hate coming from? Is it justified on both sides? Second, education. And I mean that education in the inner cities of all colors and to get that self-respect and respect for the people that are trying to help them, those. I grew up in the Bronx, a high-crime area, and I always wanted to be a cop you know, when I was a kid, to help the bad guy, to help the underdog. And I think, you know, where we come from an era where cops said, hey, kid, get off that corner, you listened. And if you didn't, Mm -hmm. that cop would take you to the parents, and the parents would not look to sue the police. They would say, officer, what did my son do wrong? We'll take care of it. I think we need some of that back. Sometimes old school is not necessarily bad. I think that culture, that mindset, that respect, needs to be brought
4: back. Well, I think that it is complicated because there's a lot of different elements to it, elements to uh, the underlying issue and elements that are being um, contributing to the underlying issues through false reporting and, uh, and quite frankly, lies. Uh, it does all start, to me, you know, what made America great was that we're about individuals, individual freedom. And that means the twin, the twin sister of that is responsibility the, you know, whatever your circumstances in your life right now, if you are an adult, you're responsible for it. We have lost the sense of responsibility in America, whatever the community is. Uh, and that needs to be restored. So, so you're right. I like that suggestion and put the mirror back on yourself because the reality is the lies that are, that are being, um, surrounding this that are being fed by the media and being fed by politicians um, are contributing to the problem. It is a lie, Bill, that children and black people are being gunned down and have a target on their backs by black people. The truth is, you've got President Obama and others going out there saying that a black person is 30% likely... 30% 30% more likely to be shot by a policeman when that's just flat out a lie. There was no such thing as hands up, don't shoot in Ferguson. That was a lie. There are so many lies surrounding it. So you do have people in, in bad circumstances in their life impoverished. They're being told that they're victims. They're being told they have no responsibility for their circumstances. Then they're being fed this narrative about the police. And to me, it's a cauldron, right? It's a breeding ground for this.
3: Well, listen. On both sides of the aisle if a politician tells me the sky is blue I'm gonna look up before I agree and I was a cop and I surround myself with cops when I train with them and I learn from them and I help uh, speak to them and I can't tell you of an instance of any of them that I've met And I don't look at cops, uh, I don't put a prefix in front of them, oh, that's an African-American cop or an Asian-American cop. A cop is blue. And if a cop commits a crime, that's not a cop, in my opinion, that's a criminal. And those are few and far in between. So when when I see these cops, and God forbid there was ever a life or death situation where there's shots fired or a fire or an explosion, they don't take the time to get the demographic, the race, creed, of color of that helpless person. They go into the fray, and that's what people need to understand. And anyone that is anti-cop, they have to ask themselves the question, who ultimately pays that price? And that is themselves and us as a culture, as a people. Because a cop makes the same paycheck whether they run into the fire or they sit in their car and take a report. Mm-hmm. We need them on our side. We don't need to be against them when all they want to do is to protect and serve.
4: That's right. This is the Andrea Cation. And we're talking to Bill Stanton, uh, law enforcement analyst, former NYPD. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the cases that we've had here in San Diego, where we've had police officers that were serial rapists, police officers that were serial murderers. Um, Many of the we had one who was convicted here in San Diego a while back for being a serial sexual assaulter of women. And at no point do I feel as though women are being that there is a systemic problem across every law enforcement agency and, and every police department across America against women. You know, so I don't understand actually why we have people buying into that crap, to be quite honest. It makes me crazy.
3: It's a convenient narrative. And politicians can it to their base. And, and again, I'm, I'll say to the left and right, and they will throw logs on the fire to help put out the fire. And I've seen Republicans do that. I've seen Democrats do that. That's why I consider myself an independent. And what I try and do as an investigator, as a former cop, is I try not to base my opinions on emotion. I try to base them on facts. And the facts here is all about math. And if you do the math and real statistics, not opinion polls, because that's different, you will see that cops involved in shooting, let's call them bad shoots, of any color are very, very small. And to your point, what is going down in San Diego, my first knee-jerk reaction is I want to see your screening process. How stringent are is the San Diego Police Department when they screen their individuals? Who are they letting in the gates, if you will, to be put on... The honored badge and dress in blue. Well, you that know would what? Be my I, first reaction. Well,
4: you know, actually, you know, my reaction was good. They got the they got the bad guy who was committing crimes against women. I saw I saw it as an individual issue, not an issue of the police department. And oh, by the way, the San Diego Police Department is shedding officers right now. They're retiring like crazy. They don't want to stay on the payroll because they have a, It's the police officers right now who have a target on their back. Harris Faulkner on Fox News the other day asked a, a former police officer the best question I've heard from anybody. She said, how does it feel to be the hunted? Because that's really what's happening right now. And I don't know what you think, you know, who you hold. Sheriff Clark blames President Obama. I've seen some other people, former PD, that blame the media for all the the mis-facts that are out there. I don't know if, if you view, who you... What's, you say everybody should hold a mirror up. Who do you hold most responsible for the fact that just in the past few years, because we didn't have this 10 years ago, who do you think is most responsible for the targeting and the hunting of police officers right now?
3: I think those most responsible are those who vocally and influence any harm to a police officer based on anything, whether that's based on fact or, or, or fallacy. You know, Michael, uh, the Brown case uh, uh, was based, Hands Up was based on a lie. That officer was fighting for his life.
0: Mm-hmm. And I don't,
3: again, I, 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 regardless of color, a bad guy was trying to kill a good man. That man needed to go home to his wife and child and to excoriate him and to, and to say, you know, if you're white there and you're a cop, therefore you're racist. That's who I kind of sort of blame, and I also blame the people that agree with it. You know, I try, I try to be down the middle, as I said, but anybody that's behind, you know, anti-comp sentiment, I just can't abide by. If, if we read in a paper that a, uh, that a person, a doctor of one color, committed uh, medical malpractice and let a, 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 a patient of another color die, do we look to ban all doctors of that color? No, do we look to kill doctors? No, do we stop going to the doctors? No. You know, and, and all this focus it, right.
4: <laughs> they, they, I'm sorry, it, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say uh, uh, excuse me for interrupting. That's such a great analogy, but there's uh, when we have Hillary Clinton, this has been po- this is a political movement here. This is all by design meant to divide us. We have President Obama actually going to the funerals of dead white officers that were gunned down because they were white, and he's still talking about it being, uh, you know, uh, talking touting the Black Lives Matter movement. When we have Hillary Clinton giving a speech afterwards saying that there is a systemic Problem in America with all the police departments—we, that is all meant to divide us. Those are fanning the flames. I am a free speech person, but we—where does it? You can't shout fire in a crowded theater. At what point do we say that it's—it's it's a legal problem for somebody who does continue to foster? because that talk about throwing gasoline when we have the president of the United States inviting black lives matter who said, you know, pigs in a blanket fry them like bacon and they are invited to the white house does that not encourage violence against police officers when we have the department of justice who launches an investigation against the police department down in ferguson but not against the new black panthers that were in baton rouge calling for white for white officers to be gunned down one of which is the uncle of my goddaughter's best friend Where is the hate crimes investigation against those groups, Bill?
3: Well, well, first of all, you know, you say the word hate crime, and you know what? I consider myself somewhat intelligent. I don't understand, you know, hate crime. To me, it looks, it looks to be selective. You know, if if God forbid, a person walks up, person A walks up to person B, and punches them in the face and and ro- and steals from them, you know that that's assault, that's robbery, that's robbery, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if they say an epitaph, if they say particular set of words, why is that crime any more heinous than the crime I just described? So I, I have a, I have my own personal feelings against hate crime. To answer your question about you know the political parties, you know I just find it ironic that certain uh, uh, government officials are look uh, looking to prosecute against people that don't necessarily believe in the greenhouse effect, right? But yet, <laughs> but yet, let other groups spew hateful rhetoric towards police officers. Listen, I'm for less government, and I'm for people making up their own minds. All I say to your listeners is you have your own eyes. You have your own set of ears. Listen, come to your own informed decision. And, you know, we have people on the radio, such as yourself, that help that process. And you know what? I listen to people on the left. I listen to people on the right. I weigh what they're saying, and I make my own decision. And my decision, my opinion is, you know what? Cops overwhelmingly are good, And and especially in this climate of terrorism. You know, to throw this log on the fire of distrust, of distrust. You know, we have uh, uh, radical Islamic terrorists over in the Middle East sitting back and saying, "We don't got to do a blessed thing. They're right. doing it for themselves."
4: Right. Well, Bill Stanton, thank you so much for being here and bringing your perspective. Have a great day. God bless you. you for God bless you for your service to America as a police officer and Blue Lives Matter. All right, Spe- thank you so much. Speaking of terrorism, we come back. We're going to talk to Dr. Zudi Jasser about the recent terrorist attacks. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170 KCBQ. <laughs>
6: My name is Collian Fokula, and I'm the owner and founder of Fokula Law. My law firm separates itself from the pack by catering exclusively to small business owners and providing them with that personal touch that they deserve. When you call me, you get me, not an associate or a secretary, just me. From incorporating your business to drafting contracts, helping you bring on a partner or two, trademarking and copywriting your work, and even litigation if it's absolutely necessary to protect your business's interests, Fokula Law can be your one-stop shop for all of your small business's legal needs. Schedule your initial consultation today and mention that you heard me on AM 1170, and I'll credit our first meeting toward any legal work we've discussed. You can reach me by phone at 844-695-1487 or at pokalalaw.com, P-O-K-A-L-A, law.com.
1: The information contained herein is for information purposes only and should not be misconstrued as legal advice on any subject matter and does not create an attorney-client relationship. For your consultation, call 844-695-1487 or visit pokalalaw.com.
2: All-natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micro market generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine.
1: You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
4: Welcome back to the Andrea K. show rolling along here. Um, I'm still in a great mood because I'm optimistic and I'm hopeful that there are solutions, at least progress that can be made with some of the toughest issues of the time. And one of my go to people to discuss the toughest issue of our time really is how we're going to defeat the scourge that is radical Islam and Islamic terror. So I'm pleased to have back with me on the Andrea K. show, Dr. Zudi Jasser. Hey, Dr. Jasser, welcome back.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. It's, it's always great to be with you, Andrea. Thank, thank
4: you. you. Well, I, the last time we spoke, it was actually, I think you were on America Trends when I was filling in, and there was a, a an attack in Tel Aviv that day. And I said to you then, I said, Dr. Jasser, it seems like it's gotten to where it's almost weekly with these terror attacks. Well, now it's like almost daily. We had the attack in Nice that was so gruesome, so unbelievably shocking. Uh, we hadn't seen a gruesome attack like that since Bataclan. Uh, we've got um, an axe attack in Germany, a 17-year-old Afghani uh, attacking people on a train. We find out th- this morning that in a resort in France, a woman and her three children were stabbed because she they were, quote, scantily clad. I mean, a- a- and the left seems to, and, and even, I guess, some Republicans seem to be thinking that we just are supposed to start accepting this as the new norm.
0: That's That's the horrific thing about it is that somehow... The more of these attacks that happen, the more numb uh, many of the American public gets when, in fact, we need adults in Washington and New York to begin, and in in not only government but in media and elsewhere, uh, like you've been doing, is, is to educate America about what's happening in the world. Uh, the, the Islamic community, 1.6 billion people are going through that time in history in which they have to you know, make a stance against theocracy. And uh, currently, most Islamic states are uh, Sharia-run. They're Sharia states. So this is not just a few random uh, tumor cells that are metastasizing, but the cancer is these countries that have been torn between secular dictatorship and theocracy. And as a result, the radical Islamists, there was a great opportunity in the Arab Awakening. And a world in which America is asleep is what we've been seeing since 2011. And those vacuums that have been created by Uh, movements that tried to push back against the dictatorships of the 20th century now um, have been filled in by movements that have been fueled by Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Iran, that we now just handed $150 billion to Russia. Other mass uh, autocratic regimes will not want to see liberty, will not want to see the defeat of theocracy. So the ISIS's of the world are filling those vacuums and they'll spread the ideas on the internet and like a vector of a, of a bacteria or a virus will get into the minds of individuals in, in Israel, in Europe, and in, in France, and Britain and in the United States and it'll continue increasing until we, get, we start taking sides within the House of Islam with reformers and our reform movement has been just ignored by media and by government because nobody wants to, to realize what's happening globally.
4: Yeah, well, what's happening globally is it was a Tunisian immigrant who mowed down 80 people using a truck in Nice. Um, It was an Afghani refugee who stabbed 20 people on a train in Germany. It was a, a refugee in Idaho Uh, a group of refugees in Idaho who raped a five-year-old girl. And in that instance of in Idaho, as well as in San Bernardino here, which was an immigrant who had come here, the reaction from the Obama administration, uh, the the Orlando at the Pulse gig nightclub, that was the son of an immigrant who had been brought here as a refugee. Um, Other than Orlando and in San Bernardino, all these attacks, by the way, um, we're not using guns, but the uh, reaction from the Obama administration is always to talk about gun control as a way to to solve the problem and to tell us immediately that we need to not speak out and say anything negative, you know, in, in any way about Islam. That is not the way to solve this problem. And one of the things that I think we must do to solve this problem is we cannot vet who is coming here. We have no idea. And you and I have talked about this before. We, we need to, I agree with Trump that we need to call a halt right now to bring refugees here from any of these countries because we have no ability to look inside their minds and see which one of them wants to take a truck and mow us down and which ones don't, right?
0: Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And, you know, listen, I have family in Syria that uh, would love to get out, and, and I'll be the first to tell you, with mass migration inside Syria... They'll say, wait, you know, you you guys from northern Syria where ISIS is, you can't rush down to Damascus uh, because we need to understand, are you part of the bad guys or not? So even inside that country, they don't want people rushing in. So let alone in Europe where you have millions that have escaped. And, um, you know, that was sort of the plan of the Assad regime, which was to depopulate Syria of the majority Sunnis so that he could either... You know, those that didn't want to be killed were pushed out and handed 5 million passports last year, and that's why you had the flood of these people. But we have to have a strategy. And America's done this in previous wars, in World War II, in the Vietnam War, Cold War. We we did not say, well, you know, I, I agree with you, put a pause on all immigrants from Syria until we start vetting against the ideology of jihadism, Islamism, et cetera. Um, but we're not doing that. And until we do that, we, we should not allow any in. But we also have to realize that. America is the beacon. I mean, within those immigrants that are trying to get here are the solutions to these problems. So we can't just sort of put walls up because then we allow vacuums to get filled. And that American um, sort of dream of of an immigrant country based in freedom and liberty that's blind to specific ethnicities or religions, et cetera, is what I think needs to happen inside the Muslim world. And you're not going to engage Muslim reformists in this solution unless we begin to build a narrative that counters globally What's happening inside Syria, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, etc.?
4: Well, I think we've. I think first and foremost, we'll, even before we do that, while I think we do need to do a halt, and then we need to look at what's going on in, inside our intelligence community here in, in in the states, and what we could be doing if we're going to bring people in. What about the people that are already here? We know that we have mosques. We had Philip Haney, who was pulled off of investigations and told to shred his documents. We uh, that could have prevented the San Bernardino terrorist attack. We know that the Department of Homeland Security has been scrubbed of anything related to radical jihad. We know that while we're patting down little old ladies at the airport, we're potentially ignoring other people that should be profiled for fear of... of um political correctness and we've got a department of justice after after san bernardino and after the five-year-old was raped in idaho threatening to prosecute anybody who speaks out against islam we've got to get a handle in terms of how we counter how we deal with the terrorists that are already here before we take a chance on bringing any more in i'm talking to zudi jasser here on the andrea k show what happened in turkey you talked about you know issues going on in other countries turkey in the past was always secular there was a coup They they came down, uh, an attempted coup, and it failed. Why?
0: Well, you know, the details are still coming out, and it's looking that, uh, um, you know, there are three major forces, if not four forces in Turkey. Uh, One is the old secular uh, military uh, um, military, Sort of dictatorship, if well, democracy in the 20th century, that was then sort of hijacked by the AKP, which is the Muslim Brotherhood Party of Turkey, which Erdogan has run since 2002. That has slowly, in their last 14 years, have slowly begun to remove many of the secularists from the military and from governmental institutions. And so the initial response was, well, Erdogan has become such a dictator. Maybe this was from the secularists. But there's a third force, which is the Gulenists, which are Islamists, but yet are more personality driven by a guy who had uh, um, done, uh, he, he, was, uh, he left Turkey and has been sitting in the Poconos in Pennsylvania and has been a significant threat to the, uh, uh, Gul- to the uh, Islamists in Turkey. So these three forces have been fighting so far the media has been that well maybe this is the ghoul and is pushing back it turns out that many of the reports now especially commentary magazine michael rubin wrote this week that maybe this was simply a a stunt from uh, because the one of the generals that led this was a relative of the lead of the akp the islamists so it may have been a farce because we've seen now today mm-hmm. the announcement of 21,000 university professors that have been arrested as an attempt by, by Erdogan to clean this out. So he's using this as a false flag to try to uh, basically clean out a lot of his adversaries, be it secularists or Gulenists, from universities, from mm-hmm. the military, etc. So I think time will tell what actually happened. Mm. Bottom line is, Turkey is Turkey's going south. It is not a democracy it should be a uh, borderline kicked out of nato uh, we should put them on notice that they are not you can't function this way uh, and be be protected by the democracies of the world
4: Well, um, shifting gears quickly, in the minute that we have left, uh, the Iranian uh, foreign minister was bragging about a document that has supposedly been confirmed, the AP is reporting this, that there was a document that was not uh, made public uh, by the Obama administration, which basically eases the restrictions on centrifuges and the materials that make it possible for Iran to make a nuke, and that uh, they will be sitting on a stash of centrifuges and the ability to make a nuke far earlier than anybody predicted in about 10 years. Now, if these radicals will, you know, use a truck to mow down 80 people in Nice, the Iranian regime that has said that they want to wipe Israel and the United States off the map using a nuke, they'll do it, won't they?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I I always have to say, first of all, this whole deal was a farce. It was a lie to the American people. We released, are in the process of releasing, 150 billion dollars to a rogue regime that already has violated. uh Um, established uh, prohibitions for intercontinental ballistic missiles uh, that they have already uh, gotten from Russia in the process which targets Israel targets the West they are already providing significant support and assistance through Hezbollah which is a terrorist organization based in Lebanon and through Iran for tens of thousands of fighters to support the Assad regime so the genocide happening in Syria has been fueled by Iran so set aside the nuclear issue These are one of the world's worst actors to start with. Second, the nuclear issue, this latest document demonstrates that all of the concerns from the Republican Congress and Senate turned out to be 100 percent true, where they said we cannot approve this because we don't know what else is behind this. And sure enough, this Mm -hmm. document said, yeah, it's a 15 year deal. But, you know, after 10 years, you guys can sort of start building your own uh, higher efficiency uh, centrifuges as long as you're not using them, which would then (laughs) actually cut cut their breakthrough time from 12 months to six months, five years early. So the whole thing is a sham where the president's trying to create his legacy that he somehow brought us to peace with Iran, when in fact it actually empowered them globally more than ever before.
4: Wow. I'm talking to Dr. Zudi Jasser, uh, president of American Islamic Forum for Democracy, co-founder of Muslim Reform Movement, former U.S. Navy Lieutenant Commander. Thank you for your service. Author of "Battle: uh, A Battle for the Soul of Islam." Thank you for being here, Dr. Jasser. I appreciate it.
0: Anytime. Thanks for having
4: me. All righty, we're gonna shift gears when we come back. I got some boots on the ground in Cleveland. You're gonna tell me what's happening there, and I'm hopefully gonna squeeze in a little time with my girl Della B. Don't go anywhere. It's the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
1: Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K., spelled K-A-Y-E.
4: Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help.
6: Hi, my name is Collian Fokula, and I'm the owner and founder of Pokola Law. My law firm separates itself from the pack by catering exclusively to small business owners and providing them with that personal touch that they deserve. When you call me, you get me, not an associate or a secretary, just me. From incorporating your business to drafting contracts, helping you bring on a partner or two, trademarking and copywriting your work, and even litigation if it's absolutely necessary to protect your business's interests, Pokola Law can be your one-stop shop for all of your small business's legal needs. Schedule your initial consultation today and mention that you heard me on AM 1170, and I'll credit our first me toward any legal work we've discussed. You can reach me by phone at 844-695-1487 or at pokalalaw.com. P-O-K-A-L-A law.com.
1: The information contained herein is for information purposes only and should not be misconstrued as legal advice on any subject matter and does not create an attorney-client relationship. For your consultation, call
5: 844-695-1487 or visit pokalalaw.com.
1: You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
4: What song is that? Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. I don't recognize that song, Polly. It's a little Foo Fighters for you. Oh, the Foo Fighters. They're from the 90s. The 90s is my decade of jams. Y'all know that. Speaking of jamming, I got somebody jamming on the streets in Cleveland. My boots on the ground. Christine Portnoff is you here please. with... Okay. Are you there, Christine? Yes, I am. All right. Thank you for calling in the Andrea Kay Show. Um, I just had was so I was fascinated on my uh, phone conversation with Christine earlier with everything that she was telling me. We can all see the phenomenal speeches like last night's and tonight's um, on TV. But you can't get the flavor for what it's really like being there unless you talk to somebody who's actually been on the streets. Um, Tell me a little bit. I was fascinated by what you were telling me with some group of people um, that you hung out with on the train. Tell everybody about them.
7: Well, you know, we actually didn't hang out with them, but they were sitting there. Mm-hmm. And one of them had a t shirt that read, uh, un- uh, undocumented and unapologetic. And mm-hmm. then she blew a big foghorn, and I said, No, that, that's not going to fly with me because she scared the living daylight out of me. Mm-hmm. But basically, uh, this is, uh, she, she began screaming and talking to me out loud. This is basically what their thing is. She said that, um, She told me that if Trump got elected, her entire family, that is undocumented, would be forced to move to their country of origin and they would be forced to live in, in, criminal, in a criminal environment. And I thought, well, <laughs> isn't
4: that great? Well, first of all, you know, I think I think anybody who's wearing blue, blue right now is forced to live in a criminal environment, it has a target on their right. back. But, you know, the, right. the gall of these people coming to this convention, illegal, trying to use our laws against us to try to affect a national election because they want to continue to take From tax-paying American citizens, you were far nicer to her than I would have been, Christine. How many of these undocumented and unapologetic people were there to spit on the Constitution?
7: Uh, I am thinking between 8 and 12, all wearing yellow shirts, bright yellow shirts. I believe I sent you a picture this morning uh, on Facebook Messenger Mm -hmm. of the girl herself, and she had a really smug look on her face. Mm -hmm. And really, what I wanted to do was get up and confront her, uh, yeah, but uh, I got to talking to somebody else who well, was from uh, Sky yeah. News and they were wanted to interview
4: me. Well, that's probably but good that you didn't sad. confront because and you know what? Of course, they're smug because they've been getting away with coming here and, and, you know, taking advantage of our country, taking advantage of hardworking American citizens. And it needs to stop. Like my man, Antonio Sabato Jr. said last night, oh, yeah. uh, he said he yeah. came here legally as an immigrant. You know, we need to build the wall. We have a right to put our country first. Now, speaking of blue, I, everybody was amazed by Sheriff Clark last night talking about Blue Lives Matter. What's it been like there from a security standpoint and with the police? Well, I,
7: the security here is tremendous. We just got thrown out of the square where Black Lives Matter has shown up along with some other demonstrators. Uh, demonstrator. There's piles of police and they are just absolutely wonderful. They interact with the crowd, but down there, they've had to close the square because it's getting a little bit rambunctious, shall we say.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: People, uh, most people are not are pushing back. Most people are laughing at them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, somebody yelled out, you know, if, if Black Lives Matter, then why stop killing your babies, you know, and stop shooting each other. Yeah. Uh, and people laugh, but I don't know how bad it's gotten there because it, it pushed us out there's over 5,000 police here, all in their uniform of the state they're from. There's helicopters flying above. There's squad cars everywhere. Mm. Uh, the, the, the security couldn't be higher. I, I mean, I don't know much about security, but I tell you, there is a really strong presence everywhere. The people that are here are genuinely nice people. They're happy to be here. And whether, you know, some of them are not rooting for Trump, um, mm-hmm. and that's okay because I'm a Trump supporter. But they're nice about it. They're, you know, look, uh, we're just voting somebody else. And that's fine. You know, there's a free country. You can move from whoever you want. Right. Exactly. Uh, so really, yeah, yeah. They're really quiet, mm-hmm. uh They're just generally happy. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, um. what's going on in now.
4: Before I have to let you go, you were telling me about um, an unofficial poll that was happening on the streets out there in Cleveland involving a street vendor. It, ca- it kind of cracked yeah. me up, but it kind of fascinated me, too. What was that about?
7: Well, because everybody's doing their own little private poll, okay? Um, he is selling uh, buttons and T-shirts and hats, you know, and he has noticed that there's been a lot more African Americans buying buttons in some of his paraphernalia, you know, and just just, And they talk to him and they say, you know, we support Trump a little bit under their breath, but now I guess if they're buying buttons and shirts, they're not afraid to put them on and, and wear them.
4: Well, you know, you know, that's an unofficial poll, but even the official polls are showing... Uh, that uh, Trump has taken a lead, and there's even some polls out there predicting a landslide for Donald Trump. Um, you know, it remains to be seen. What I, what we do know is that we, we need some change going on in this country. We've got daily terror attacks. Last night was about make America safe again. Uh, attacks, uh, cops being attacked, Uh, terrorist attacks almost daily basis now and we're 17 trillion dollars in debt and we've got some supreme court justices seats that are going to be open they're going to need to be filled and if we want to protect america economically protect ourselves militarily protect us from radical islam and get our act together economically and be prosperous again we need to stop hillary thank you christine for being here all right enjoy the convention please please stay safe all
7: right thanks for being here
4: bye-bye bye-bye now I love a woman willing to get out on the streets and mix it up. You know who else likes to mix it up on the tough streets of Hollywood? And la la, you know that's my girl Della B. Hey Della, welcome back to the program. Hi, baby. So what's up? We got we got all kinds of fighting going on and division going on in America, and and there's no greater division than what's happening right now in Hollywood.
5: Right? It's a major brew, ha ha. I mean and 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 it's been going on sort of since 2009 and i'm talking about taylor swift and kanye west <laughs> the two she, of the most important you know people in america she, right she yeah this is just like a nightmare this is a nightmare for our sweetheart taylor here's what's going on in a nutshell just really quick <clears throat> so that he goes up on stage back in 2009 and says she shouldn't have won her award mm-hmm. Beyonce should started the whole thing image. well last year in 2015 after a bunch of little, you know, we're friends things, she gives him a Vanguard Award at the VMAs, and he says something about needs to get her into the studio because she's so talented. So in February of 2016, he releases a song called Famous, where he says in the song, he sings, if that's what you want to call it, these these words, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Uh. And then he says, Why? I made that B-I-T-C-H famous. Wow. So she... It, it, it you know she kind of deals with that a little bit and says people in your life will like use your whatever. So, then what happened was in June, Kim his his wife Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. she does an interview um, and she reveals in this interview with um, I don't a GQ magazine that. Kanye had called Taylor before the song was released and got her permission to put that line in there. Okay. So then Taylor has her attorney write Kanye West and says, oh, and by the way, there is an audio tape of the conversation. Mm -hmm. So Taylor has her attorney call up or write a letter to Kanye saying, don't you dare release that uh, thing and it needs to be destroyed and you better not have disseminated it. So then she you know says she's thinking about you know doing a police report on Kanye because it's illegal in California to to someone. Video, to, to audio tape a telephone conversation without all parties to the conversation including people listening to anything Agreed. that would be yeah so then what happens is that makes Kim mad and she puts the video up on Snapchat of the conversation. Of now the conversation. now it, it, we've got a few seconds left. So did she agree to having those lyrics be in there? The the alleged 1 hour uh, recording is reduced to like two minutes, and the law in California says that the person, everybody has to clearly acknowledge that they're being recorded, or a mm-hmm. beep has to happen during the thing. That's not been said. But you know what? Taylor, if, if she makes a police report, they're not going to take it serious. She can only get, there's only like a $2,500 fine for it. If she mm-hmm. sues them in civil court, all she can get is $5,000. She just yeah. needs to scrape it off her shoe and go <laughs> on. Just <laughs> Scrape it off. Well, Della, we're going to have to.
4: I can't think of a better way to leave it. Speaking of great lyrics and great lines, we got to leave it there because I only got a minute right. left of the Andrea and Keisha. Love you, Della. Thanks for being ah, here. Bye bye. And you know who I love? My hero of the week. I love me some Sheriff Clark. I love that cowboy hat wearing cowboy who sauntered out on that stage last night and that beautiful uniform and said, Blue Lives Matter. It was a pivotal moment. I think, for this country, and I think for where we were at and and where we have been taken in terms of division. I started the show by talking about division. Let's unify. Let's unify as a party. Let's unify against the communist Marxist agenda that is the left. Love you all. Thanks for being here. Thank you to my guests for being here. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Show. I'm on Facebook. Have a great night, everybody. Love you all.